welcome to season two of the Light Vision Podcast. My name is Eric Fisher. This season premiere, episode 15, features the knowledgeable and fun Ryan Airy. Ryan hosts the YouTube channel Screen Crush, where he shines light on the details and Easter eggs from various films and TV series streaming and available today. Like many, I've been enthralled with the recent releases of things like The Mandalorian and WandaVision. I love these complex story universes from Star Wars and Marvel and many others. Ryan and Screen Crush have been by my side all along to help me understand the fullness of these stories that are being revealed to us and have the most fun available. Anyone who knows me knows that I talk about Star Wars and Marvel all the time and find reasons to continue the theories as we go around. Um, And I am so thankful that Ryan decided to to join and agreed to join the Light Vision podcast to share some some of his his insight, some of his thoughts, and we swapped some theories uh, along the way. And this was recorded before the finale of WandaVision, so there aren't too many spoilers out there. But if you haven't watched WandaVision yet, uh, this might help to to dive in, to, to whet your appetite for the wonderful things that are happening in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, but also in the streaming world at large, the stories that are being told. And Ryan does a fantastic job at showing how he has come to that place and what the what things he looks for uh, as a story lover himself. And it was such a delightful conversation. He is my people. I really enjoy talking to Ryan, and I'm excited to share this conversation with you as we launch Season 2 of the Life Vision Podcast with this, Episode 15. Enjoy. Uh, I'm I'm very honored that you joined the podcast, Ryan, and and we'll just jump right in. Um, and typically for the Light Vision podcast, I like to kick it over to our guests to introduce themselves. All right, cool. Uh, my name is Ryan Airy. I uh, make YouTube videos for a channel called Screen Crush. A lot of Marvel, a lot of Easter eggs, a lot of your mom, Star Wars, and I'm just happy <laughs> to be on the show. That's that's awesome. Yeah, I mean, there, there is certainly a demand for um, Easter egg videos and breakdown videos now. Um, your, your channel is a place to be. So, I mean, how'd you get into that though? That's what I'm really curious. How do you, how do you, how'd you, how'd you start that? Well, I mean, <laughs> the comic book shops, honestly, like if you yeah. think back, back in the day, that's where we all kind of like got our start was comic book shops and video stores, uh, which then kind of moved into magazines like wizard magazine back in the day. It was just, and then the conversation moved online. So it's not like I'm, this is the first time I've ever talked about theories about star Wars sure, <laughs> you know, sure, or anything yeah, like that, yeah. you know, yeah. uh, like pausing things on VHS and what, did you see that? You know, <laughs> I think that's the sneaker. There's supposed to be a sneaker as one of the spaceships. To yeah. So that's, I mean, that comes from like years and years and years of passion. And then as far as the actual profession, I was a video editor first. I okay. ran a video program at a summer camp for years and years, did a lot of video editing for them. And then, um, you just transitioned to like a regular video editing work at a company called Town Square Media, which owns Screen Crush, another great site called Loudwire and Double XL. So I was just kind of a catch-all video editor for them. Okay. And then very slowly transitioned into like editing Screen Crush videos and then finally writing them. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, that makes a lot of sense. I, I, I'm kind of newer to, and I use this term affectionately, the, the nerd universe. Uh, I, I call myself a nerd. So, um, but I'm newer to that, that, that side of things. I mean, I started playing sports growing up and I kind of yeah. learned to love storytelling. And certainly now with this Marvel Cinematic Universe and these reboots and kind of retelling of all these beloved tales, um, I think what I'm fascinated in is, 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 it, is it curiosity and information kind of combined when you're, when you're looking at these uh, launches? 
uh, what do you mean by curiosity and information combined? Well, I mean, so like, uh, like one division is running right now, you know, and this, yeah. this episode will run after, uh, it, probably the season ends, but, um, mm-hmm. we, we have indication that there's, uh, comic runs of house of M and other kind of grouping together of what they might be telling the story, but we don't know that for sure. So, sure. Um, is there is there kind of this like a theory of what you know from comic books and based oh. on you you know this like I'm curious about what they might be doing from a whole catalog of information as opposed to the, the MCU universe that we know. Oh yeah, it's a little bit of both. And what you can use as a template for that is to just go back and look at what they've already done. Yeah. Um, so a good example is the Infinity Gauntlet you know, that story. So anyone who's read the Infinity Gauntlet comic books knew that as soon as at Age of Ultron, as soon as Thanos put his hand in that glove, he was going to snap and kill half the life in the universe because the Infinity Gauntlet is a weird story in the comics. Like, and the snap and erasing half the universe basically kind of happens off panel. Like it it sort of happens, but you don't see people dealing with the consequences. And then the Avengers and these godlike characters kind of deal with it before it ever becomes a thing. Yeah, but I knew I was not surprised when that happened. Right. But what's interesting is when you see things like WandaVision. So you just name checked House of M. Yeah. Which is a you know similar but very different story. So it's like what's beautiful about watching this happen in these adaptations is they're taking these stories that you know I love and I grew up with, and they're finding a way to distill them to their essence and make them palatable on TV. You know I. A faithful comic yeah. book adaptation of a story would mostly be terrible. You know, like it wouldn't translate very well because comics are a different medium. <laughs> you know, they have thought bubbles to let you yeah. know what the characters are thinking. There's a there's an omniscient narrator pulling you through like those old Stan Lee stories. And but so they have found a way to tell the essence of those and distill them into the most important thing, which is character. Yeah. So you can make predictions based on what's happened in the comics, but also just based on storytelling. You know, like that, what would what would be the worst thing that could happen right now to Wanda? Well, she would, you know, lose the vision and then this, like they always, right. it's basic storytelling structure. Yeah. You know? Well, that's a I mean, perfect segue really, because one thing that I was really interested in, in addition to your Easter egg videos and breakdown videos, you also have a series of why this movie worked and why this one didn't. Um, you know, I, mm-hmm. and one of those is why Avengers worked and why, you know, Justice League didn't. And I, I love that perspective of storytelling of, you know, the, the character, needs to lose something and why this is meaningful for it to move into act three or all the, all mm-hmm. these things. Um, so when, when you're, maybe this is a slightly different, but when you're looking at um, film or TV yourself as a uh, video pro- pro- producer and um, informed individual on storytelling, what are you looking for? I mean, other than the basic storytelling thing, what, what, what kind of brings Ryan to life when it comes to a film or, or TV series? Like, what do you, what do you, what do you enjoy seeing on screen? Uh, two things I always like uh, will really impress me with the work. One is just surprise. Okay. You know, one is when you get lulled in to a world and then they're able to just kind of flip things on you and, and really make you, you know, just be joyous at, at like being surprised. Yeah. Um, the way I felt, because I wasn't familiar with the comic, this was based on the way I felt when Shield turned out to be Hydra. Yeah. And Winter Soldier, and I didn't, I didn't realize that was a, a whole line of books called uh, Secret Warriors. I hadn't read those yet at that point. Um, or even like Wes Anderson movies, like Moonrise Kingdom. I don't know if you've seen yeah. that. But there's a great yep. scene in that when you know the boy gets hit by lightning, and you're like, "What the hell is going on?" Or Last right. Jedi, right. whenever yeah. Kylo Ren kills Snoke. Like those moments where you go, "I." as a person who consumes media for a living, don't know what to expect. Uh, yeah. The other thing that really 
I don't know if this is something that I necessarily always look at and go, oh yeah, but it's when I notice it when it's not done. And that is like conciseness. You know, E.B. White wrote that a sentence is, or, or any piece of writing is a machine and it should have no unnecessary parts. And that is so true in a screenplay because you're paying so much money to put your vision on the screen, all these people. And if you, if you watch a movie that has extra crap in it, it just, mm -hmm. you feel it, you know? Yeah. Examples, Amazing Spider-Man 2, <laughs> Spider-Man 3. Um, <laughs> um, oh, I had a, a one that I always use and it just popped right out of my head. But when you see those films and you go, ah, that's, why is that? You know, like Iron Man 2, that's the one, I, that's the reason I always go back to Iron Man 2 is one of my least favorite MCU films. It's because there's too many storylines. There's, there's all these threads and they're tied together in not a very organic way. Now compare that to Captain America Civil War, mm -hmm. which is, an, or even Infinity War, two movies that should not have worked. There yeah. is no way you can tell Captain America Civil War in less than five hours, You're but right. they did it. Yeah. And they did it by benefiting from the structure of the MCU, which is, okay, we've already met these characters, so we don't need to, you know, and also successfully painting each new character with a, a very fine brush, mm -hmm. you know? So think about T'Challa. Yeah. We see him at a costume talking to his father. We know he loves his father. We are therefore sad when his father dies. We are in his corner wanting revenge for his father. Right. And then, you know, he gets an action scene. Uh, he has the scene with Black Widow where he's like, you know, I, I'm going to go fuck people up. Then he gets his action scene. And then basically he's the soul of the movie at the end when he's the one who prevents Baron Zemo from killing himself. Right. Yeah. So his, he has a little arc. He does. In yeah. that movie. And it's very interesting to see it happen. Spider-Man has a little arc. You know, he goes from this like baby-faced amateur superhero. He kind of gets his feet wet and he takes his first step into a larger world, you know, to quote Obi-Wan. Yeah. So they do that. They're able to just put these little tiny things in mm -hmm. those movies that mostly serve the greater whole. And the reason Civil War works is because it doesn't lose focus on the one thing. In, all, in both of these movies, they said, what's the one thing? In Infinity War, it was Thanos wants the gauntlet. Nothing else matters. The whole yeah. focus is that. Yeah. In Civil War, it's Bucky. Right. Everybody is geared toward Bucky. He's the center of the film. Nobody gets sidetracked. And that's yeah. genius. Yeah. Yeah, no, that, that's a really good point. The more, and again, like I said, I'm newer to that process, but the more that I, I, I consume media, consume films, and watching these episodic kind of revivals uh, in the streaming wars now, it, the information that they, that they put into uh, episodes, I'm at least intrigued by everything that, that is said. Because, mm -hmm. like you said, it's it's either a throwaway. But why would it be a throwaway when we learn yeah. time? You know. <laughs> yeah, and that's what Wandavision. That's why Wandavision is so great. And like you yeah. said, this will probably be after. I may go back and listen to this and go, "Oh, Ryan, you were so wrong." Yeah, yeah. Tell but, me. Yeah. You know, the thing about Wandavision is, I don't know that any other Marvel show, except maybe for Loki, is going to have this kind of online response because it's that mystery. It's the mystery box done right. Unlike how J.J. Abrams likes to do it. Like it's a mystery box right. that makes you really want to know what's going on. So we are probably reading way too much into this. I mean, I've had so many people <laughs> message me about hexagons. I'm Eric Foss from New Rock Stars <laughs> right, right. and uh, Paul from Heavy Spoilers have both told me the same thing. Like they're getting hexagon tips out the ass when it comes to like, <laughs> did you see in the screen and far from home, there's this thing at the right. end and yeah. you know, yeah. but it's fun. You know, like that's the kind of stuff that we would get into in the comic shops, in the video stores, like mm -hmm. talking about like, you know, it used to be, 
oh, this director and when this guy took over for Freddy Krueger in the second one because the studio yeah. didn't want to pay the first guy. Like it's the same kind of stuff, except now we're getting to enjoy it. Millions yes. of us together online. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. I, I got a, a little caught up in the hexagon craze too. And I'm still curious if they're going to shine light on that anymore. But I, I was thinking, because I, I, I'm biased toward MCU. I'm like, if, if they're doing it, it's going to be good. That's kind of how I feel now. Um, so there's a point where it's like, would they bring in Swarm? I mean, I don't think they would, but Swarm, they, yeah, Swarm, the the Spider-Man villain, that's just made up oh. of a bunch of bees. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I forgot my, about Swarm. My 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 knee-jerk reaction would be like, "There's no way that we can make yeah. Swarm compelling, or why we even want him." But they probably could. <laughs> yeah, Swarm was uh, in the uh, the Dan Slot run, right? I think so. Yeah, and there was yeah, yeah. in Silk. That's right. I forgot about Swarm. Yeah, there there was um, an animated uh, TV show with with him as the villain in, in uh, right. Spider-Man as well. Yeah, I always remember the spoof of Swarm and uh, Rick and Morty. Uh, one million ants. Do you remember? Do you ever see Rick and Morty? He has yeah. a mission where he's yeah. like with the Avengers, and there's uh, one of the heroes is called one. one Million Ants. <laughs> yeah, it's great. That's it's pretty, just a big good, talking yeah. man-shaped thing of ants. It goes, three of yeah. my ants have died. Oh, yeah. I am fully replenished. I oh, am now nice. back to one million ants. That's what Swarm always reminded me. Of. Um, maybe, but I, I, I do think that like the hexagons are going to mean something. And if I had no. a guess, if you're on twist my arm. And I've thrown out a lot of theories on the YouTube page, sure. uh, right down to like the career behind it and the career hexagons everywhere, uh-huh, or like uh-huh. when they travel through the wormholes, those are hexagons. Right, right. To me, the simple and like, oh, there's six infinity stones, six sides. Somebody tweeted me that and I threw that in a video too. Um, the most likely thing for me is in the trailer, you see Wanda wearing like scrubs. So maybe she was mm-hmm. in a hospital or in a sword facility. You see this energy glowing ahead of her, and then you see like the mind stone formed. It's Marvel. Yeah. You can't you can't trust trailers. You know, there's that Thor's eye patch thing where he hasn't, sure. you know, his eyes, they change in the trailer. Right. But if you're going to go off that yeah. and assume that's true, Wanda misses vision. She recreates the mind stone using her infinity stone energy or her reality altering powers. The mind stone is, was always in a, not a perfect hexagon, but a hexagon like mm-hmm. shape, you mm-hmm. know, six sides. And that was the source for the beginning of the Westview uh, uh, phenomenon, you know, so that expanded in the shape of a hexagon would be my guess. I dig it. Yeah. I'm, yeah I'm that, that, that's the best way to show it visually. Anytime you get, you know, comics are weird, especially yeah. like Marvel, Marvel comics from the seventies are weird. Those guys who wrote those people like Jim Starlin would literally like go down to battery park, trip acid and just walk up Broadway, right. you know, up into Harlem and just like think up stuff like Thanos. Um, <laughs> but so comics can have these weird explanations for things. But in the movies and TV shows, they have to be more simple and more visually oriented, you know? Mm-hmm. So if you're going to think like yeah. showing the hexagon thing emerge visually, it makes the most sense if it starts as a hexagonal mindstone and then. Exactly. Yeah. Keep it, keep it coherent for, yeah. for the viewer. Uh, and that's kind of what, what reigns me back in a little bit with some of these theories with WandaVision or other shows too, is, is if I feel like there's too many things potentially happening, then it can't be that many. They're probably not going to confuse audiences even more when they're trying mm-hmm. to attract. I mean, maybe not at length, but they're trying to. They must be trying to attack new viewers to some degree who might have missed the previous twenty-three films. So you, you kind of have to make make yeah. the, the, the experience a little bit concise, uh, as opposed to all of us that want to to blow the doors way off. And they still might because who knows? They're already so far in. They might not care anymore. You can catch up. I think they're smart. I think they like introducing. It's not introducing, but it really is like introducing Monica Rambeau in the series is smart because yeah. it's somebody yeah. who, yeah, we've seen before and it's an Easter egg, but it's a new character, basically a new journey for you to take with her. So if you're new to the series, 
you can latch on to her, Darcy, or even Jimmy Woo, even though they've already mm-hmm. been a, in once or twice, you can still kind of see things through their eyes, you know? Yeah. And they also do yeah. a great job of, uh, they have this series out on Disney Plus called Legends. It's like mm-hmm. a recap, yep. you know, yep. which I hate because we do recaps on the channel and who <laughs> <laughs> no they're probably stealing your thunder probably literally they've seen these guys doing doing good work and they're like that's too easy it's too low-hanging fruit they're going to be on our platform anyways so well you know netflix did that to us too with stranger things like they have these after like walking dead all of them like have these shows that you watch after you watch the show game of thrones oh, yeah. and it's like <laughs> yeah <laughs> come on guys this is our we're trying to make a living here you know oh yeah 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 we just saw um the announcement today for uh assembled also for with the uh, kind of behind the scenes look oh yeah at, i'm pumped uh, about the that. making of the shows you see that announcement yeah it's like the man yeah, i am too it's just, it's, yeah. i mean it, this is this is what we're absolutely yeah. absolutely yes yeah. so we, we're this is this is the world we're we're looking at uh last question about, about wandavision because this will come back in hindsight who do you think mm-hmm. the cameo the major cameo is at, at right. the end um okay who do i think it'll be I mean, and who you want it to be? You know? Yeah, I mean, Benedict Cumberbatch is the low-hanging fruit because we know yeah. that she's going to be in his movie, right? Um, right. To be honest, I kind of think Brie Larson. I don't know. Like, I'm looking at okay. the the clues, and if if I'm looking for the simplest explanation, you know, which it might not be, it's that Cree alien thing. Because why is Sword in this? Why is Monica Rambeau in this? Um, I could be wrong because I, I do think that Monica is going to be in Captain Marvel too. So maybe they want to save that meeting for that movie. In fact, I probably am wrong, yeah. um, but it wouldn't surprise me. The I need to come up with like a really off the wall answer for that. Okay. On who it could be, you know? Yeah. Let me think about that. Let me think of the person who like, I'd be like, ah, yeah, that's, that's why I wouldn't have seen coming. <laughs> um, it's got to be somebody Paul Bettany hasn't worked with too. Because he said that. He said yeah, it's somebody he never worked with. That's true. Um, it's not going to be Loki because they'll wait on his series. They're not going to teach his series before it comes out. Couldn't be James Spader because he's worked with him. Mm-hmm. Worked with Josh Brolin. Other MCU actor. I had one theory that it was an older version of Loki played by Richard E. Grant. Because uh, that's okay. one rumor that Richard E. Grant's in the show. And I think that Loki's going to deal with like multiple timelines. Yeah, yeah. Um, I also... Well, okay. I, I, I'm new to the theory that like in the comics, she's going to be controlled by Kang because Kang's going to be the, probably the big bad for the next arch. So it could be Jonathan Majors who hasn't really been as somebody around long enough for Paul Bettany to like be hungry to work with. Um, yeah. 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 I'll go with Brie yeah. Larson. That's that. That's actually the first time I've heard that one. It makes it makes some sense. I can see. Yeah. I can see that. I, I did think it was not odd that Monica Rambeau's in, in this as a sword agent, but uh, I thought it was a little odd that they they kind of um, made that public record made, uh, known that people know mm-hmm. the events of of, of Endgame, the battle of, with Thanos, and that they mentioned Captain Marvel mm-hmm. uh, as overtly as they did. I thought that was interesting. So um, it, yeah. it certainly the- could be a teaser to to w- what Captain Marvel will be about. Um, but it was pretty forward. So I'm, I'm, I'd be okay with that. What about you? Who's your special, who's your secret uh, cameo? You know, I, I, I think it is Dr. Strange. Also, There's going to be some fireworks. That's what I feel like toward the end mm-hmm. as, as those, that multiverse door opens, I think it's going to be kind of like a multiverse, like maybe three or four film arc. Um, mm-hmm. And my personal belief is I, that, 
Doctor Strange will close up the multiverse at the end of Spider-Man 3. I think that's where he's going to come in and kind of suture that back together. Um, otherwise, if you keep it open, there's just there's just so much that they have to address um, in a kind of storytelling I think moving forward. I, so I'm again, a little hesitant I, to say that. I, I don't know. I think it's going to definitely tie in with Kang, you know, and, and what he does. Yeah. You have movies that need to work on their own merits, like Shang-Chi and the Eternals. Well, the Eternals is kind of a flashback. It takes place over thousands of years. But they definitely don't want Shang-Chi to be messing with the multiverse right. stuff, you know. So yeah, I'm not sure. All right. Lest we get into a, a, a wormhole, what, what do you think that the, the the future of storytelling is, especially in these streaming wars? You know, Disney Plus and Paramount is really pushing hard, and 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 so you can look at this as is is uh, and and obviously Star Wars and the Floniverse. Um, where do you think that storytelling is going from here? Uh, you're, I mean, you're talking about movie and TV storytelling. Yes. Um. Well, a few years ago, I said, hey, you know what's going to happen is all these different networks are just going to come up with their own streaming service. And then it's going to be you're going to be paying for it like it's cable. I said this back when it was just like Netflix and Hulu. Mm -hmm. And that's starting to happen. What I think is definitely going to come along is you're going to see some provider, um, maybe third party, probably owned by Apple or maybe Microsoft, since Microsoft's one of the few that doesn't have a streaming you know, service set up, who's going to make deals with different services and bundle them together like cable. I definitely think that's going to happen because there's certain streaming sites that will be okay. able to exist on their own, Disney Plus, Netflix. I don't know if I see Paramount Plus really going the distance uh, or Peacock. There's so many other yeah. streaming services that are more nuanced that are just offer horror or, you know, like movie or Criterion who offer like, you know, more niche things. So I could see these other ones kind of grouping together, mm -hmm. like what Hulu was when it started. You know, Hulu just partnered with existing programming. I, I think it'll be obviously a while before we're in movie theaters again. I'm actually surprised drive-in movie theaters haven't become a huge thing. I figured this uh, summer too. they would have popped up everywhere. Yeah. Um, I don't think they'll go away forever. I think that Warner Brothers made the wrong choice when they said they were going to put everything out at the same time. I think it was short-sighted. And I think that without that infusion of box office cash, Mm -hmm. They're going to have a really hard time maintaining budgets for things like Avengers Endgame. Yeah. Um, yeah. So the future right now is definitely on long form storytelling too. I think people in TV have done this, you know, for 20 years now going back and said, Hey, how can we tell one story over a set period of time instead of something that's more procedural, you know, that drags on forever where every episode is a reset, you know, where yeah. basically TV has become like a novel. And now you're starting to see that same principle applied in films, which is interesting. I'm with you. I, I hope that the theater experience doesn't go away just because of, in the name of convenience. I hope it, uh, it that the flash of, of streaming is kind of like 3D movies when it first came. This is the future. And oh, God. Remember that? Dies away. Um, and yeah, I, that was I, terrible. Enjoy that beginning. <laughs> and you know what I hated about, yeah, the, yeah. especially when 3D movies first came out, is they would uh, charge you for the glasses, right? That's why it was extra. It wasn't the movie ticket was extra. It was the glasses were extra. Yeah. And I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. So on the next time I brought my glasses right. and they were like, okay, there'll be three. And I'm like, oh, no, I got mine. Like, yeah. oh, no, you you still have to pay for the glasses. I was so mad. Yeah. <laughs> I was yeah. like, I thought I was being clever yeah. bringing my yeah. glasses from last time. <laughs> that's that's part of my working theory without without much evidence of why avatar somehow is still competes with endgame that doesn't make any sense to me 
Um, but I mean, Avatar is a great movie. It is. I know? agree. Yeah. I agree. And you always have to think of things in the context of when they came out. You know, so if you examine Avatar from that standpoint, I mean, nothing, there was nothing like it at the time. Yes. Visually. Yes. I mean, storytelling wise, there was, but. Sure. Sure. No, I, I agree real hard. The, the, the spectacle of it, I'm, I'm game with that, but all the conversations I had, I really, you know, granted I'm a little biased, but I felt like Endgame was the cinematic event of, of a lifetime and everybody mm. was going uh, because of what it meant and, and the weight that it was carrying from, from this you know, last decade uh, of right. movies that uh, if you had been a part of that at all, you wanted to go to the theater to see it. So it just felt there was a, there was a dissonance in my mind of how, how in the world, no matter how cool, avatar was how can that compete as toe-to-toe with what endgame was doing and you know no no knock on avatar it, it is a yeah, great film, but i mean I, I we'll see to, how is that even possible we got three more avatar movies on the way someday <laughs> yeah. that's true. those are we've been that's promised right. those someday, for a very someday, long yeah. time but that's uh like infrastructure week you know we'll, we'll never know when they actually get here but that's right that's right well i i hope it's uh, whatever it is the storytelling continues to to baffle our minds and give us fun surprises and, and inspire us as, as great stories always do um and i can speak for your channel from my own experience you do that for for me on a weekly basis uh, i'm, I'm no, still thanks. not sure exactly how you do it so quickly um it is it's astounding and it brings me a lot of joy to to have some theories when I first watch it and then go back and, and have those either confirmed or dispelled or even just have a conversation virtually via YouTube video. So that, that's pretty fun. Um, Thanks. And I feel that's like it's an unofficial uh, requirement for me to say in every, every show. Yeah. I feel like it's an uh, unofficial requirement for me on this show to say that I feel like we could talk for hours. And I know that for sure uh, in this, anyone that knows me personally knows that I almost always bring things back to Marvel or star Wars uh, in every conversation. So <laughs> yeah. uh, you're like the yeah. perfect person to talk to. <laughs> Um, but for the sake of time, I, I do want to kind of uh, bring this to a close. And, and with that, just a quick reminder of how people can find you. Uh, Twitter at Ryan Airy and uh, on the Screen Crush YouTube channel. Awesome. Yeah, please do check it out. I'm, I'm a big advocate for Screen Crush and um, hope you get a chance to listen to it. But Ryan, thank you so much for joining, man. I really am uh, honored that you uh, agreed to join. Thanks, sir. This was fun. And of course, thank you so much for listening to this season two premiere, episode 15, the Light Vision podcast. Ultimately, as much fun as I have with these conversations and as meaningful as they are, this podcast would be nothing without you, the listener. So thank you so much for joining. And if you haven't yet, please do subscribe, like, share, rate this podcast anywhere that you listen to it, whether it be Apple Podcasts, Spotify, uh, so many other places uh, please do subscribe like share and rate this podcast the light vision podcast is here for you to shine light on various conversations to see our meaningful live pursuits so please do um, subscribe now and share with your friends listen in let me know if you have desired guests for the future if you think that someone would be a great addition to the show i've had several people uh, um, recommend friends or others that they have heard of and many of those have gotten on the show i'm so excited to to have that collaborative communal kind of communication uh, so please do let me know and you can reach me certainly at story at finercreations.com and you can also go to our website finowr.com to look at all the other great things we got going on with media review monday on topic with this very conversation today with ryan 
and uh, the Life Story Service for preserving life stories of family members and loved ones, and of course the Light Vision Podcast, and more on the horizon to come with Finer Creations. But again, so thankful for Ryan joining the show. His conversation is so fun, and I, I really do love Screen Crush, so if you get nothing else from this show, please do go watch Screen Crush and subscribe to their channel on YouTube and get all the Easter egg information that you might want or need or didn't know that you wanted or needed uh, from the the many TV shows and series and films that are out right now and to come. So please do that. The music is provided by Musicvine, uh, a subscription music and background noise service. And this particular song is called Beacon from Tobias Voigt. And very thankful for them to add sound and a feel that matches the conversations that we're looking to dive into. Again, please do subscribe, like, share, comment, and rate the Light Vision Podcast as we dive forward into Season 2. Again, a continuation every week, every Tuesday uh, this season for at least 14 episodes. Looking forward to it. Thank you so much for coming along this ride again, and I look forward to joining more and more conversations to shine light on meaningful things. Thank you so much.